The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. At the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk. And so, Bubba, in an earlier program... i got to stop. Uh-huh. Because you, you came in a little bit after lunch yesterday with a text from somebody who was listening. Mm-hmm. And we talked about recession yesterday and what the definition of recession was. <laughs> You want to share a little bit of that? Man, I want to tell you, it's amazing. You know, you and I, we try not to put out any propaganda, and mm-hmm. we try not to put out anything that is not factual. And if from time to time we misspeak, we'll fix it. Right. So we were talking about what's the definition of a recession. Are we in a recession? What happens mm-hmm. in a recession? Is it that bad? Are they to be expected? Blah, blah, blah. All right? And we use the classical definition. Yeah. Of what a recession is, which mm-hmm. is? Uh, d- two declining uh, quarters of GDP. Th- that are consecutive. Consecutive quarters of, of declining GDP Basically, numbers. six months out of the calendar, things don't right. look as well as they used to. Right? Mm-hmm. And this guy says, hey, man, I was listening to your show today, and you're not with it. And right. I said, why not? And he said, well, the definition of recession has changed. Mm-hmm. And he gave me this roundabout, fueled by politics, double speak, whatever thing that came off of some website somewhere. And by the time I finished reading it, I didn't know what the heck. And I think that was the way it was written. Yeah. Yeah. Intentionally. Mm -hmm. So that we don't feel like we're in a recession, even though we are, because it's based on so many different factors, Bubba, not just GDP. And so we're going to take what we traditionally had and come up with something new because it fits us. Yeah. Well, and and I bring that up to say that I I caught a little blurb or a video or or something uh, this morning basically stating that Wikipedia had changed the definition of recession as well. Oh, has it really? Yeah. Okay, so we are behind, huh? We are. We we, we got to get with the program okay. here and, and be more up to date. So what does Wikipedia say? All right, so in economics, a recession, it, this is what Wikipedia says. In mm-hmm. economics, a recession is a business cycle contraction mm-hmm. when there is a general decline in economic activity. Okay. Recessions generally occur when there is a widespread drop in spending and adverse demand shock. Uh, this may be triggered by various events such as financial crisis and external trade shock and adverse supply shock, the bursting of an economic bubble, or large-scale anthropogenic, I don't even know what that word (laughs) is, or natural disaster. A recession is less severe and prolonged than a depression. Uh All right, so this is the second paragraph. Okay. Although the definition of a recession varies between different countries and scholars, two consecutive quarters of decline in a country's real gross domestic product is commonly used as a practical definition of recession. (laughs) Yeah. So aren't we practical people? We're practical people. Let's just cut to the chase and use that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot better. (laughs) The one we used. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. 
Not the one that some politician would rather mm -hmm. twist in whatever he or she wants to do yeah. based on what's best for them. So we were talking about a recession. You were telling me that you were having these economic uh, discussions, these personal mm -hmm. financial discussions with your Boy Scout troop. Right. Because we believe that this financial literacy thing should start early. I, I think it should start very early. You know, I, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, I don't think that uh, that people uh, talk about money and monetary issues enough in their families. No, no, they don't. Uh, and it and it starts with the basics, right? Yeah. Are you saving enough? Are you giving to charity? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's your budget? Can we afford this or can we not afford this? What's a want? And what's a need? Yeah, what's a want and what's a need? Uh, and you can take it in many different directions from there. Yeah. But generally speaking, I don't think that people talk about money enough. No, no. And, and to some degree, I think that there's some taboo mm -hmm. about talking about money. What makes you uncomfortable? Yeah. I mean, really, what makes you uncomfortable about the subject? I, I don't know. Is it because uh, I think you're making fun of me? Is it because I think I don't measure up? Is it because I think that, you know, you're highlighting the fact that I've made past decisions that are wrong? What, what, what? I, I think that, that, like, so for a lot of people, how much they make is a very private thing. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, whether Daddy Warbucks is making a million dollars a year or mm -hmm. I'm making $25,000 a year, it's still a very private thing, and people don't want other people to know how much they make. Okay. I can agree with that, mm -hmm. right? I, mm -hmm. I think it should be kept private, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think even having conversation with your children or others about it, you don't need to disclose that. Right, right. But I think you can talk in, in generalities and concepts principles. about money, yeah. principles about money, yeah. as opposed to, to spe specifics, I guess, yeah. right? And, and, you know, I did a little research about mm -hmm. what made it normative, what made it mm -hmm. a normal practice for us to be private about our money. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, as I found out, started out with the relationship with employers and employees. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's say that Phil Womack, our executive producer over here, you know, he owns this, what is it? It's a, a widget company. A widget factory, yeah. Yeah. and he makes millions of dollars a year, mm -hmm. right? And we've been talking about it for years. So he's got this widget factory, and you and I, in theory, work for mm -hmm. him, right? You sell the widgets, and I produce the widgets. And you don't, you know what? I don't want you to know how much I make in commission because I'm a salesperson. Mm -hmm. All right. And Daddy Warbucks, Phil, who owns this thing, wants to keep all that stuff private too. Right. Because you may not show up tomorrow mm -hmm. to produce if you found out how much I was making, or I may not show up to sell mm -hmm. if I find out how much overtime you're getting right. and how much he pays you as a factor of your overtime. Mm -hmm. So they, we started a long time ago keeping these things very, very private. Mm -hmm. And over time, it became normal. And it became something that we almost made as a national policy. Sure. You know? Mm -hmm. You let somebody know that Cooley and Labus let their income get out into the public. Mm -hmm. How much they paid in income taxes. How much right. they have saved in their retirement account. Mm -hmm. How much debt they have. You start getting really yeah. personal. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And I think that's one of the reasons that people don't want to talk about it. Because mm -hmm. they don't know how to talk in these generalities. That's right. 
But there are some generalities that can become principles that despite what you're making, you ought to live by. Absolutely there are. Yeah, and so we're going to talk about this budgeting thing. We're going to talk about how much we're spending. We're going to talk about how much you told the Boy Scouts they needed to save to have a million dollars within a few years from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk. Thanks a lot for joining us again at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Cooley and Labus, Bubba Labus and Greg Cooley with you right here, certified financial planners, talking to you about financial uh, matters. And today, Bubba, I want to review a statistic that you gave us on an earlier program. You were talking to your Boy Scouts uh-huh. and about them possibly becoming millionaires one day. Yeah. And well, their eyes lit up, too. Oh, I Millionaires. A million. Yeah. yeah. All right. So how much and how long did you give them to amass this million dollars? You're talking about 12, 13-year-old young man? I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, I told them, first off, uh, on a weekly basis mm. and assuming a rate of return of around 8% annualized, okay. that if they did 36 to $38 per week that they would be a millionaire by the time they turn age 60. Okay. That's pretty reasonable. I th- yeah, I think so. 47 years, retirement age, having a million dollars, saving 36 bucks a week. All right, so two or three things here. They got to do it every week. They got to do it every week. Okay. They can't invade the principal to go buy a four-wheeler, <laughs> right? As we had somebody, I think, in the office yesterday that was listening to the show. So, yeah. You know, that's me because I would have gone after that four-wheeler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get me about twelve mm-hmm. grand yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, that same voice that my wife hears related mm-hmm. to the donuts when she passes by the sign right. with the light on. Right. It's the same voice that would be calling, you know, the four-wheeler mm-hmm. over here at the whatever shop. Sure. But if you... If you don't, you just kind of set it and forget it and put it in kind mm-hmm. of a uh, not really aggressive uh, mutual fund ETF combination thereof that could get you 8% annualized right. average. Mm-hmm. Now, that's average. That's average. Some years going to do 20%. Some years going to lose a little mm-hmm. bit. But, you know, you average, you leave it in there. And there are some that have some track record at that, right? That's right. So you just put $36, $37, and let's just make it mm-hmm. round it up. Maybe 40. You, may, yeah, make it 40 and maybe you can get there by the time you're 57 or 58. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Pretty good a goal. Sounds pretty good to me. So $37 a week. That's about $150 a month. Roughly. around there. Yeah, roughly. Okay. All right. Well, I got you a statistic that just came out from the Fed and a couple of other researchers. Despite recession fears and fueled by revenge spending, Americans spend $314 a month on impulse purchases. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think is an impulse purchase? I I think that's, uh, you know, you're at the grocery store and you got to have that candy bar. One right there by the checkout. One right by the checkout. Or the magazine, or, mm. you know, you're going down um, uh, whatever aisle, and, and, and you buy something that's not on your list. Mm-hmm. In order to qualify, you're exactly right. In order to qualify mm-hmm. for an impulse purchase definition, it has to be spontaneous, unplanned, not necessarily needed. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Now, why do you think they had to throw in that not necessarily needed point there for something to qualify as an impulse purchase? Well, I, I, again, it comes down to needs and wants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... If, I may not need, uh, you know, the new F-150 truck with the, the leather interior and the sunroof and, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, the plug-in in the back of the tailgate. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I want it. Yeah. See, here's another place where we have kind of changed definitions. Mm-hmm. We used to, mom said it was definitely either a need or mm-hmm. a want. Now a want is a not necessarily needed thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. What does that tell me? Well, maybe I need it. Maybe I need it. Maybe I need a want. Mm -hmm. No, a want is a want, and a need is a need. Please, people. And so we're spending... Now, this is $314 a month in in America for the average household. I know there are a lot of people out there listening, and they're like, I don't spend... I can't. I'm I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm living paycheck to paycheck, and I'm really tight on my budget. I bet I don't spend $25 a month. And then there's somebody out there spending $1,000. That's right. Mm -hmm. For the average to be $314 a month on impulse purchases by the average home in America. Right. Now, it sounds like a lot of money, but let's break it out. What is it, about $10 or $11 a day? About that, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I can see that happen. That, and it happens so easily, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you pull through the drive through you intended just to get the hamburger, french fries, and the soft drink, and then you see that mm-hmm. milkshake that they also offer. Mm-hmm. Or that new cool mixed tea with the right. sweet tea and the Arnold Palmer mm-hmm. thing that that... Thing. And and suddenly you're doing that, and instead of getting the small soft drink that costs a dollar twenty-five, mm-hmm. you get this thing that costs four dollars. Right. Well, that's three bucks, and you do that a couple, three times a day. Mm-hmm. You're there, and do we? You notice? might even be there before the you know lunch is over. Yeah. Yeah. So, am I criticizing and ridiculing people here? No, no, you're not criticizing or ridiculing. You're uh, you're just presenting the facts as they are. Yeah. So let's say that uh, Daddy Warbucks, Phil, our executive producer over there, who's worth millions and has this widget factory that just brings in and rakes in the money. Let's say that he says, "Greg, I want to live a little." Mm-hmm. Don't don't fence me in. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he says, but on the other hand, I would like to put a little money away so that my nieces and nephews would have a million dollars one day, or have more than mm-hmm. maybe I started out with. And so he says, now what was Bubba's number? I said thirty-seven dollars a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, about a hundred and fifty dollars a month. Well, out of three hundred and fourteen, that's not even half. Right. So he still gets to have some fun, right? Sure. But do we realize impulse purchases when they're happening? I, I I don't think so. And I think that's why they're an impulse purchase. Under the radar? Under the radar. And it could be a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there. You know, uh, a good example. I, I took my uh, 11-year-old last night to buy 
baseball cleats and pants and, you know, the whole getup, right? Mm-hmm. Baseball season getting started. Mm-hmm. And he wanted a, a pair of football gloves to go along with it. Okay. Totally different, unrelated sport, but he wants these gloves so that he he thinks he can catch the football a little bit better if he has these gloves. But this is baseball season. It's baseball season. Okay. And I said, you know, Henry, I'm all, all right with you buying these, but I'm not buying them for you. You've got money of your own if this is something that you want. Mm-hmm. Do you want to wait for a while before you buy these, or do you want to go ahead and buy them now? Mm-hmm. You make that decision. Mm-hmm. So $44 later, we're walking out of the store and <laughs> – you know, of course, I'm making him pay up as soon as we get home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But I think, again, you know, <laughs> that's kind of an impulse decision, an impulse buy. Mm-hmm. Now, haven't mm-hmm. we been talking about inflation in America? Mm-hmm. Now, break that down because it sounds like a college word, inflation. Yeah. So let's just call, talk, talk about uh, cost of living. Okay. So if the cost of living is going up, that's inflation. Right. All right. And inflation's been uh, pretty significant. It has. So the cost of mm-hmm. living, normal mm-hmm. expenses that aren't impulse purchases like uh, uh, your insurance and, and, your, and your, the gasoline in your car mm-hmm. and maybe uh, the electricity for your house and, and education and those things right. are going up. And we're still spending... $314 a month sure. on impulse purchases. Now, where's the money come from? Well, these these studies were from 2021, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how much it would have changed between 2021 and now, mm-hmm. right? It, and it mm-hmm. could have... Last six months could have affected Could have affected bit. it. Right. But generally speaking, I don't think it's going to affect it all that much. Yeah. Once I get used to a mm-hmm. certain thing in my life, a uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. choice that I like... Uh, I'm probably not giving it back, right? Unless I really have to be shocked out of it. So, where's the money come from? Where's this three hundred and fourteen dollars? Well, a lot of uh, 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 really three options. One is uh, wages have gone up, mm-hmm. so people have a little bit more money in their pocket. That's only eighteen percent of the people. Okay. Okay. So we got eighty-two percent of the people are getting their three hundred and fourteen dollars mm-hmm. from somewhere else. All right, eighty-two percent, thirty-two percent of them are taking it from cash reserves, okay. savings. All right, all right. So if Daddy Warbucks over there can afford, and I guess the definition of can he afford is, does he have the cash mm-hmm. flow? Did he make the money, or ha- does he have the savings? Being do uh, three hundred and fourteen dollars a month, God bless him. Mm-hmm. The issue is half fifty percent, fifty percent are falling deeper in debt to mm-hmm. do this. Because it's easy. Oh, you really? just put it on the credit card, right? Uh, you don't feel that right away. Uh, and then all you have to do is make a payment at the end of the month. Uh, Not even of the total balance that you put on that card. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Of that 50% of us who are coming up with this $314, 70% of that 50% said that the purchases they make were completely unintended, spontaneous, uh, impulse, and later they regretted it. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to talk about how to deal with the regret of your purchases when we come back from this break at the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. 
Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Levis with you right here on Super Talk Radio. And we're talking about the spontaneous and impulse spending and how significant it is uh, in our country, even despite inflation and costs of living increases. Um, and, you know, even once we've spent the money, many of us are regretful about it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had buyer's remorse? I have. Yeah, I, I can't think of a specific uh, uh, idea right now or thing that I bought that I had remorse over. Probably uh, the last time I bought a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Probably the last several times I bought a vehicle. Really? Yeah. Why just because I don't like the process, right? <laughs> well, I hear you. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. I, it's just a, a pain, and then you've, you, <sighs> you you get upset because you've got to pay so much for a vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, then you and then you know, that, like, immediately that it's a depreciating asset. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that, yeah. that, that I have buyers for more so. Yeah, you spend $40,000 yeah. on mm-hmm. something, and next month it's worth thirty four. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and a year from now it's worth twenty nine. Right. And a year from now, that, it, you know, three years into it, something mm-hmm. you spent $40,000 yep. is worth, you know, 20 or whatever. Now, mm-hmm. I understand that recently, because of supply chain and other issues mm-hmm. in the automobile industry, that uh, car, used cars have held their value more than, than, than usual in our history. That ain't going to last. I, I, I read recently that for a new Corvette, dealerships are taking a $6,000 non-refundable deposit okay. and that the Corvette would be like $75,000 above MSRP when you got ready to purchase it. Uh, uh, yeah. What? Uh-huh. So the MSRP on the thing was probably... $100,000 and they're going to pay it almost double. I don't know what a Corvette cost. I'm not buying one, but... Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, if I did and I brought it home, I'd have some regrets. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> when she got finished with me, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> can you imagine? Yep. All right. So but now, Greg, they're collector's items, uh-huh. right? I'd be screaming yeah. that as I uh-huh. ran out the back door. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, this buyer's remorse that we have—it's not just on big ticket items. Mm-mm. $314 a month yeah. on, on these spontaneous and, and quick response decisions that we're making. And half the people saying, you know, they're, they're going into debt. Right. And 73% of that half say mm-hmm. they regret it. Yep. Now, what am I regretting? And, you know, most of us aren't buying a Corvette. And most of us aren't buying a car every mm-hmm. year. So you know, we probably think, when we initially think, you know, when was the last time did you have buyer remorse? You're probably thinking about that old refrigerator I brought mm-hmm. five years ago. It never really has done the ice mm-hmm. right. Or that car that I bought, it was a depreciating asset. But that's probably what initially comes right. to the front of your mind. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to ask Henry in another two or three weeks. Are you still using those gloves? Uh, I don't know where they are, Dad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 40 how many dollars later? Yeah, $45. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. All right. So those are the kinds of things that we are regretful mm-hmm. about. Now, when you have regret, let's just in general talk about regret. When you experience regret, something you said. Something you did, something you didn't do, 
something you spent money on, something you should have engaged in, something you shouldn't have engaged in, all those things that cause you to have regret. Do they also cause other psychological issues like depression? And, and They very easily could. Huh? Very easily could. Yeah. Because what does that uh, regret lead to? Mm. Anxiety. Yeah. The anxiety could lead to depression. Mm. And, and, you know, yeah. I'm not a psychologist by any means, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, having Cassandra come and, spit, mm-hmm. and, and spend time with us, from uh, she's affected us. Sure. She's made us start thinking about these things, mm-hmm. I hope. Yeah. It's one of the reasons we have a mm-hmm. resident psychologist mm-hmm. that comes on the Advisors Roundtable to help us think about these things. And when you can... I mean, when you're doing it every month, $314 mm-hmm. every month, and 73% of us say that we're regretting it, yeah. that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of psychological stress that we're taking on ourselves mm-hmm. because we don't like one big word that you used a minute ago. Yeah. Discipline. We don't want to think about that. We don't want anybody to hem us in. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do. This is America. We're free. But I'm also free to point out to you that it may be causing other problems in your life. Uh-huh. Huh? Right. So, how do I stop it? How do I stop all this spontaneous spending? How do I, how, how do I say, whoa? Hey, you know, I'd, I'd love to quote the, the Bob Newhart show and just say, stop it, right? <laughs> just stop. Yeah, huh? just stop. Yeah. Right. Kind of like a former president's yeah. wife had just said, say no, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably easier said than done, though. Yeah. You've got to do something to, to break uh, the habit, the mm-hmm. behavior. I think that's right. I think it has become a habit sometimes. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a habit. And then the next thing you know, you owe $1,000 in your credit card. Right. Or as the, uh, the example you use sometimes for jeans that don't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. I bought them last summer. Yeah. I'm still paying. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could still be paying on those things. Have you bought jeans lately? Uh, thank goodness, no. Dude. Yeah. You know, they're not $29 down at, yeah. uh, you know, if, for a lot of them. Now, you can probably still go someplace and get those, but a lot of the choices you see, you're standing in line, and a guy or a lady in front of you wearing a pair of jeans, uh, odds are they paid $75, dollars mm-hmm. $300 for those yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And some of those were bought on the credit card, and yeah. I'm still paying interest on them. And, you know, a lot of us put on weight since last summer, and so they may not be fitting us, but mm-hmm. we're still paying on yeah. them. So the regret is there. And, and I think sometimes in order for us to face something that we're doing that we're really not aware of, that's just a habit, probably a catastrophe or something has to happen to, 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 to jolt us. Well, and, and there has to be a, an inflection point, right? Okay. You have to realize that there is something that's not right. Mm-hmm. And until you realize that, that something is not right, you're never going to notice uh, a habit, right? All right. So let's say somebody's listening to mm-hmm. you and say, you know, I, I heard Greg and Bubba talking about that and Bubba, Bubba talking about this inflection, this, this, this time that I, I realize. Uh, I'm realizing now. So how do they find the points in time that they have made these decisions? Look back at their credit card statements? Well, I... I 
it may be that easy, mm-hmm. right? It may be as easy as going back and looking at your credit card or bank statement. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be as easy as sitting down at the end of the day and thinking, what all did I spend money on today? Mm-hmm. Well, I wrote bills for the gas and water, and I wrote bills for electricity, and I made my, my house payment, mm-hmm. and I went to Walmart for groceries. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, groceries. Uh-huh. Well, did I did I use a list or... You know, what did I buy extra there? Mm-hmm. While I was, I went into the gas station because I had to have gasoline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I buy anything extra while I was there? And now, you know, yeah, that that soft drink that yeah. I really like over there that they have, you know, that comes out of the fountain, and I can get the yeah. really good ice in that mm-hmm. convenience store. I was bored when I got home from work, and I was scrolling through Amazon, and I saw this thing on there. It looked like some really good barbecue sauce that I just had to try, or whatever. Yeah, and you know what? Mm -hmm. If we stop then and start to go back through our life and ask ourselves, Mm -hmm. when did I get into that habit Mm -hmm. of the Amazon scroll? You think it was associated with the pandemic, maybe? Very well could have been. Huh? Yeah. When I got bored and I was mm-hmm. stuck at home and we worked from home and, and the office wasn't open as much and, and the boss said mm-hmm. that I could handle that report from the house. Yeah. And so while I was on the, the computer doing the report for the boss, those little ads, they pop up. And, and it's amazing because they know exactly what I'm looking for. Those ads do. Do they ever? Mm-hmm. Just go home. Let's say you get a new laptop, okay? Yeah. And you go home and, you know, you start putting all of your information. You're going to, you know, download your, your the uh, program that you use to check your email. And you, you got a preferred way of mm-hmm. surfing the Internet or whatever. Just put in one that you normally wouldn't use. Let's say that, you know, you're somebody who's not been in Boy Scouts for years, but you put in uh, pocket knives. Mm-hmm. Just stick pocket knives yeah. in your Google search. What's going to happen in the next probably 20 minutes? Uh, well, all of a sudden, I've got ads <laughs> on there showing the, you know, the, the, the latest Bear Grylls survival <laughs> pocket knife. Oh, yeah. You know, that's going to have rope on it and probably a, a bazooka <laughs> attached to the side of the, the pocket knife. And a compass yeah. in the right. end of yeah. it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. So, yes, you know, it's part of their strategy. Well, I want to say this. Everybody who's selling something to you has a strategy. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you walk in the grocery store. Why do you think they put the bass carts up there real close? And why are the bass carts so big? Yep. You know? Because they're, incur- they're doing that for your convenience, Bubba. No, no, it, it's there because, mm-hmm. you know, they've got a strategy of how to get you through yep. there and what all the, where the expensive items mm-hmm. are and how they need to run you past certain things to be able to get over to the bread and blah, blah, blah. They, they've got a strategy. Everybody who's trying to sell you something's got mm-hmm. a strategy. You need to have a strategy. After this break, we're going to talk about how to have your own personal strategy. What happens to your dollars that you worked so hard for from the Advisors Roundtable? 
Thanks a lot for coming back to the Advisors Roundtable here on Super Talk Radio with Bubba Lavis, Certified Financial Planner, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, Certified Financial Planner, right here on Super Talk. And so we're talking about this impulse purchasing and three hundred and fourteen dollars for each average family um, in uh, in America over the last uh, year. Uh, being spent on impulse purchases and the fact that people who are selling you those impulse Mm -hmm. items have a plan they've got a strategy and a plan Mm -hmm. on how to extract dollars from you so that you'll buy their goods yeah yeah now is this morally wrong no no i mean that's that's capitalism Mm -hmm. yeah you and i have a plan on how we're going to Provide a service for individuals. And hopefully they'll and get, pay you. And hopefully we'll get paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. And a few more every year. Yeah. Daddy Warbucks at the radio station mm-hmm. here has a strategy and a plan for individuals to advertise with him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hopefully yeah. he gets paid for it. Yeah. And then maybe he can provide, you know, great mm-hmm. programming. Right. Right. Everybody has a plan. Mm-hmm. The grocery store owner has a plan. The convenience store mm-hmm. owner has a plan. The guy who sells you tires. Should have a plan. Even Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the face. Well, that's about true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Until the real world hits Mm -hmm. us. And sometimes the real world that hits us in the face when we start thinking about our own personal plan is all of this other stuff of plan. We feel like people are planning against us. Yep. So Bubba tells me I need to have a budget. I need to know what I'm spending, and I need to realize some of its impulse purchases. Do you need a budget, or do you need a spending plan? Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of calling things what they ain't or Mm -hmm. whatever, just to make them feel better (laughs) and and taste better in my mouth Mm -hmm. when I I, I say them. So this plan that I need to have, yeah, spending plan, yeah, budget, but part of that, can be a realization of the math involved. And if I realize I've got $314 that I'm spending on impulse purchases that I don't, I'm obviously not spending on gasoline and electricity right mm-hmm. now. You just told me that 37 of it could make me a millionaire in 47 years. That's right. Or 37 a week, mm-hmm. about 150 of the 314 per right. month. Could so what if I spent two hundred on my savings and my investments mm-hmm. and and getting my life in order financially, and still had a hundred and fourteen on impulse purchases and kind of planned those? Do I have to? Sp- if if they're planned, they're not an impulse purchase that's anymore. That's exactly right. Now, you can still enjoy purchases, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think that's what we're getting at here it today. Is. You, it uh, is. You can enjoy the fruits of your labor mm-hmm. and buy the things that you want to have. Mm-hmm. I think what we're saying is it's better to have a plan for the things that you want to buy. Absolutely. Or purchase or consume or whatever you're doing with it, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So if we do the math, $314 mm-hmm. per month, all right? What do you think the average person in the surrounding four states, Mississippi, Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, what do you, what do you think, uh, maybe even throw in some Florida and some Louisiana there, mm-hmm. all right? People who are listening to us just on the airwaves, not on the uh, internet and right. all that sort of stuff. $314 divided by 
$17 an hour? Yeah. So if you divide that by $17 an hour, you spent 18 hours. Right. Almost half of a week mm-hmm. in a month. Right. On Working impulse. for impulse purchases. Did you know you were doing it? Divide that by mm-hmm. eight hours a day. That's two and a half days mm-hmm. every month that I'm go getting up early, putting yep. on that uniform or those clothes mm-hmm. or that under uh, uncomfortable pair of shoes, having to brush my teeth, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that every month. Yeah. Now, when I look at it practically, is it worth that much to me to be able to have? the impulse purchases of my life? Or can I say, you know what? That two and a half days a week or, or a month that I'm now basically blowing and giving to the wind, I'm not going to do that to myself mm-hmm. anymore. I'm going to I'm gonna plan it. Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, every third time I go in the convenience store, I can have the candy bar instead of every time. Hmm? I did the same calculation when I was working in Atlanta, and it's uh, you know kind of kind of along the same lines. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was commuting back and forth to work, mm-hmm. and I, I I sat down and put pen to pencil one day, and I figured out well you know it's an hour and fifteen minutes to an hour and a half to get to work every day. Mm-hmm. Depending on the time that I leave, it's going to be about the same. So you know quite a bit of time you spent in the car, right? And you put pen to pencil to it, and you figure out, I'm spending a solid 15 days per year commuting. It's in time, Atlanta. In Atlanta. It's time to move. <laughs> right? <laughs> like Sam Kennison said, yeah. move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, yeah. So the same thing, you know, holds true. Mm-hmm. How, much of, how much is your time worth? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And if it's worth it to you to spend... 18 hours per month for yeah. these impulse purchases? Knock yourself out. But Go you for made it. a conscious decision. But you made a decision to do so. That's exactly right. And you made a conscious mm-hmm. decision related to your drive time. Right. I mean, that's your life, man. Mm-hmm. You know? And you don't get days back. Right. And I don't want to sound like some big-time philosopher mm-hmm. here or your minister or something, but, you know, yesterday's gone. You ain't getting it back. Yep. And whatever you spend your time on, you know, th- those are precious seconds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could be with your grandchildren. You could be fishing. I mean, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And you have chosen to get up and go to a job mm-hmm. so that you can blow money. Right. Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think more of you than that. Yeah. And, and when you, how quickly after you did that calculation in Atlanta, did you pull the trigger and move? At, so actually, we, we broke a lease to move. Did you? Yeah. At, it, and it, it was significant enough for me. Mm-hmm. And I think there were three months uh, left on the lease. And we probably, I could have stuck it out. But I was like, no, I can't stick out, you know, spending three hours a day in traffic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now, we moved closer into the city at that point. It wasn't necessarily just the time mm-hmm. or the amount of gasoline and the wear and tear on your automobile. Mm-hmm. But weren't you at risk in a major city on the Beltline? Sure. Huh? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, your life was right. possibly uh-huh. hanging in the balance here. Yeah. And, and as I said, it sounds melodramatic, but I'm not lying. Right. You talk to your insurance, uh, you know, your mm-hmm. life insurance or your health insurance underwriters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They ask you questions about your lifestyle, don't they? Well, health insurance and life insurance, I think, were really important in that case because, you know, I was so frustrated driving to work every day in Atlanta traffic. Yeah. 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 Speaking of anxiety mm-hmm. and stresses and medications for all those kinds mm-hmm. of things, you know, you, you could have been at risk for needing those sorts right. of things. Um, and you, you did that by just looking at the map. Mm-hmm. Did you get emotional about this? I didn't. No. Now there were emotional aspects of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I looked at the, uh, the the black and white numbers, mm-hmm. and I said, fifteen solid days per year I'm spending in traffic. Gosh, man. I can I can find other things to do with that time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, as you said, have this discussion yeah. with your spouse. Say, hey, man. And I think the worst thing about it is it was a thirty mile commute. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That took an hour and a half. Now, if I got up and I left early in the morning, it wouldn't take quite as long. Or if I let, left late in the evening, which I did quite a bit, right? right, right. Uh, but even so, it, it's it's a big toll on you. It, it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you start thinking about all the other things that are part of that decision. Mm-hmm. One of them is how it affects the expenditure of your money and how you do these mm-hmm. impulse, spontaneous things. And sometimes they're just right under your radar. You're not really yeah. that conscious of them because you're thinking about something that's pressing. Mm-hmm. But the math says this could be pressing. Sure. To the point, it could almost be depressing. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that to happen to you from the Advisors Roundtable. So we're reminding you, think about where those little soldiers go. Every dollar can be a soldier. You can put it into action, doing things you want to accomplish. All of that from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an Advisors Roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.